straight, straight from South Africa. South Africa. This is the strange and mysterious world with your hosts, Lee Straightman, William Collinson, Collinson. Yeah, good afternoon and welcome to Strange Mysterious World. This is Leon William and this is episode six. And today we are going to be doing possibly a double header pending with two books by American author by the name of Diana Pasulka, American Cosmic. It came through in January 2019. But yeah, that'll come up a little bit later. But otherwise, how are you, but? Yeah, good, Lee. Jeez, I, I mean, I had an interesting morning, but um, I'm feeling good now. I went and got that uh, blood analysis. Um, I was telling you about done, and um, yeah, I'm, fe- I'm feeling great after it because I go on all of these like expeditions or health kind of. I get I get like like infatuated infatuated about like one health thing or like obsessed about it, and I, I and I and I go on it and I, and then like I do it for like two or three months, and then I I don't feel anything or I don't you know nothing is happening, so then I kind of give it up, but then I always think oh my gosh like. I think I've given it up to like something might have just happened and I've and I didn't do it long enough and now I've given it up and all of that time was wasted, you know. Like I went on like the borax thing and the the demultuous earth thing and the the neem train and the when the uh, uh, what's this called dioxide chloride came out. Was it called dioxide chloride? <laughs> is isn't borax quite a uh, quite a toxic chemical? <laughs> no, apparently it's it's, it's like a as it's derived from boron. And you must see, oh, okay. you can do a whole podcast on that one, like the whole conspiracy around the Borax conspiracy. Was it a guy that he, um, he, 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 he was someone, I think it was Australia or New Zealand. He was, he was, he was a, what do you, um, person that like studies plants? Like, um, like a herbologist. Yeah. What did he say? He was, <laughs> and he realized that, uh, um, a lot of the plants had, a, uh, they were, they, this, they had boron a uh, 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 boron deficiency in the plants, okay. or borax yeah. deficiency, or whatever. And uh, he noticed this in a lot of farming places, and he and he and then he also st- started uh, relating it to people that had arthritis problems, like the heavy arthritis um, uh, conditions, and like how, how he he kind of he he noticed that it it's been happening more and more in, in the, the modern world because the plants are actually lacking boron and bor- borax because borax is actually a natural chemical that comes from the ground. You mine it up, people use it for washing and stuff, but it's actually natural. It's not like a chemical, it's not chemically made. And uh, it's got a huge, it's a, it's a huge boron. It's like the natural form of boron. Well, but boron is natural as well. It comes out and you get it in fruit and everything, but it's like, it's like one, I don't know, molecule off or something like that, but it is a form of boron. More powerful. Yeah, I thought they used. I thought they used that to kill cockroaches. Yeah, they do actually. Yeah, so you should cover it. <laughs> but like, but so he started using it um, to to. Uh, I think his dog had arthritis or something. He started giving it to the dog, and then the dog got cured. So he was like, "Oh my gosh, this is great!" So he was having arthritis. So he started taking the taking taking it, and then he his arthritis cured. So then he started making pills of it and he was giving it to all the people and like he didn't even have to advertise or anything. Like it just it just it just went crazy. Like obviously because of something works, you know, you don't even have to advertise. And he, he had such a high demand of this tablet that he he started trying to get it uh, made commercially so he could sell more of it. And then as soon as the people that there was some company that was selling 
some kind of um, uh, something for arthritis at the time. And they so in comp- like, something in competition. Yeah, competition. So they completely mm. squashed them and they started like, mm. you know, throwing propaganda around that it's poisonous. Look, it is poisonous. Don't get me wrong. If you if you eat, you know, a box of that, you'll die. But I mean, if you eat a box of fucking, I mean, if you eat enough bananas, you're going to die because it's like a high <laughs> concentration of stuff that they inject people that are going to like, um, to kill them in the, in, in, uh, the, you know, when someone's in, in, in death row, what is this? Yeah. It's, it's in bananas. I mean, look, if you <laughs> potassium, potassium, if you, if you, potassium if you, chloride, yeah, when you buy a Nutri bullet, <laughs> like one of those things that makes smoothies, the input yeah. that comes with it, it, you open it up and it says, Warning, do not blend your, your apples with the seeds in it because you yeah. will die. <laughs> Because the seeds have um, what is that chemical that's in the seeds? Anthrax? Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's almost yeah. It's uh, yeah. I'll, I'll get the name. I mean, it's like yeah, yeah not not anthrax, but I do recall there's some some sort of poison inside of apple seeds. Yeah, so, <laughs> but know, I think you've got to consume quite a lot a shit ton of it. Yeah, before, the, before it kills you. But yeah, yeah. So anyway, so the borax thing. So anyway, so um, so then it was suppressed in Australia, and it's suppressed in other countries as well. But anyway. But that's what, I mean, especially after the last three years of what we went through, like, I mean, I used to be all about, you know, follow the, the authority and the government and the, you know, whatever the health people say. But after the last three years, I am so, I'm just like, when I hear something's banned or something's not good, I'm just like, what? I'm all over it like a hound. I'm like, what, what, what's, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Let's <laughs> test it out. You're and, not going to break out and all sorts of shit that comes out of your ass and like something out of your ears and. <laughs> yeah, so, so but then I also then I'm, I'm the guinea pig, but because like I want to find <laughs> what's going on. Here. So I'll try it on myself and see what you know. So I don't have to listen to people telling me this is right, this is wrong. I want to see for myself what's going on. So like with the borax, then I took borax for three months. But the thing is, I didn't have arthritis. So it's got all these other <laughs> like the pineal gland, and it it takes a lot of the heavy metals out of your blood and your body and stuff like that, um, and uh, and helps with some parasites. And, so. But the thing is, like, I, I'm taking it every day, and I'm not really, I'm not really knowing. What I'm <laughs> it's like I'm actually, so if you land up in a hospital for two weeks, then you realize, okay, that's this stuff is shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> don't like, take this again. <laughs> take like an, you know. like testing it. Huh? You, yeah. you should have uh, taken the vaccine before it actually came out. You could have tested it for us, eh? so that you know I, people would have well, determined, if it, determined if it was good or not. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, and uh. So, what was it? What is the saying? So, so anyway, so I go on these missions, right, to see what's going on, but I never ever feel any different or whatever. And I'm trying all these things. So now I find live blood analysis. So I go this and it's a homeopath, and you know there's a lot of things. And also, you look on Wikipedia, it says live blood analysis is like a pseudoscience thing. But I'm thinking, why can it be a pseudoscience? Because they're looking at a microscope at your blood. They can see the blood. They can look at it, and they can tell you. Of it, what uh, what good blood looks like and what shit blood looks like. So how can it be pseudoscience? Like you know what I mean? Like what? Well, he's he's making that on Wikipedia to say that pseudoscience. So anyways, I went and got, got my blood analysis done, and it was bad. The lady looked at it and she looked. She's like, you, your body's under severe stress. Um, and and and, and like she showed me a picture of what blood should look like. It should be like these little balls floating around, like round normal balls. Mine were like snakes. Like all the blood was stuck together. That's because of the vaccine. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So probably, yeah. So, so it is. She's really worried about me, and she looks at the dry blood, and it's like a, it's a, it's got this dark spot in the middle, like it's black in the middle of the blood cell. And I'm, she's like, "Jesus, this is not good. Your stomach is stuffed." Yeah. So I'm like. And I know that because like I've got bad psoriasis everywhere and 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 eczema and stuff and that you know they say it's always from the cut. So then also my my daughter's mother she was like because I took my daughter there she was so against it she's like this is pseudoscience bullshit homeopathic whatever. So I'm but I'm like I want to just I'm trying everything to see what works. So now it's been three months and I go back there and I got my blood analysis again and they showed me the blood results. And, and I can, you can look at it live. It's on a screen, like a screen. You can watch while she's looking at it. And the the, the snakes have, like, dispersed. There's no snakes anymore. It's like normal, like, balls, but they're not completely right yet. They're still a bit unshaped. They're getting there. Is but, that from the borax that you've been taking? No, no, I stopped the borax. So maybe the borax... So what have you been taking? No, no, I just took... So she put me on all this homeopathic, homeopathic stuff. Like, I don't know, like herbs and... I mean, it's all, like... <laughs> The funny thing is that they say like it's alternative medicine, but it's not. It's, it's it's like that was the real medicine. That's where medicines came from. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. When, when did you stop taking the borax? Like three months ago. Okay, and so what have you been taking since then? So she put me on like oh MSM, which is like uh, I mean I've always known about magnes. What's it? Magnes something. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then she put me on. Because like, that's that's that's. The, the thing that you described a little bit earlier, I've heard uh, a lot of people that I work with, um, they've um, they've got issues from the vaccine that they've taken. And the blood samples that they've had as well that they've been taken is, A, besides the, the, the protein uh, levels being very, very high, the, the spike protein, they have also come back and said that their blood cells look like snakes, long snakes. So that's actually... You must actually tell me what you've been taking because that's that's an information that I can pass on to the guys to maybe assist them because I've got some oaks that have major issues at work. Sure. So I'll give you the, all the stuff she's telling me. I mean, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but it's like that's, that's those drops. You know, there's papers always give you drops with like it's got um, it's got um, ethanol drops with the. But also because I'm a recovering alcoholic, it's like I, I'm like taking these ethanol drops. And I'm like, oh my god, this thing's gonna make me relapse or something. And I'm, I'm drinking it. I even started having like dreams of me drinking again. And I go back to I'm like, I'm an alcoholic. I don't want to take these ethanol drops. And she's like, you're supposed to put it in warm water and it'll evaporate the ethanol. So I'm like, Jesus, okay, thanks. So anyways, that was great. I saw like there's actually a result. And I was actually going to give up because like after three months, I haven't felt anything. I haven't felt good or, or better or whatever or worse or whatever. So I thought I was just another snake oil job I'm on. And um, and actually, I could <laughs> see results on the, the microscope. It was so exciting. I was like, fuck, this thing's working. And also my my cells that my um, cells that, um, what do you call it, uh, um, immune cells, they were so small that uh, you could hardly see them and they're supposed to be like bigger than the blood cells and now when i've gotten back three months later being on with all of her um or all of her snake oil um there's blood there's immune cells are bigger than the blood cells they came back dude and i can see it on i can see it on the microscope i'm looking at my blood i'm like jesus this is amazing i can actually see results so i was i was excited about that you know it's one of my adventures my medical adventures that i could actually see results Oh, that's actually awesome. That that's actually very good. But now you must remember now, 
that's uh, what you mentioned a little bit earlier. Keep that in mind, Fab, because obviously with the with this book that I'm going to chat about now, uh, it brings up a little bit of this whole um, agenda behind behind something else. That's there. I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. There's an, there's definitely an agenda by the higher ups, whether it be the government or whether it be the Illuminati or whatever you want to call them. There is an agenda. They're using the pharmaceutical companies and they're using the media. And it's been going on for ages, dude. So just remember that. Yes, that, and what, also what she we've brings been discussing up, now. She brings it up in her, her next book as well, but very subtly and very like sophisticated and clever. That it's not like outright, you know, it makes it sound like a conspiracy theorist. And in her, in her <laughs> books, uh, she's very, very good at um, putting it across in a very tasteful way, I must say. Yeah. Look, um, in the beginning of the book, and then I, I, you, I, I kind of chatted to you a little bit about it. In the beginning, I was a little bit disheartened. I thought Ugh. It, it seemed boring. I was like, oh, God, I'm on another one of these bloody heavy hitters where you've got to like try and spend hours to try and understand what the hell they're trying to say. But as the book went on, it actually turned into be it, it turned out to be something quite, uh, quite informational um, and quite interesting. It did have a Catholic theme to it. I think she is Catholic, if I can remember correctly. I think she does have Catholic uh, background. Oh, there is a Catholic underlie to it, which I probably it seemed like she was pushing that type of agenda. But look, whether or not she was, it, it, it doesn't matter. But it just kind of felt like that to me. That's what she was pushing. Because one of the guys, I think it was Tyler, he converts to Catholicism at the end. But for me, that's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, the book. Catholicism. That's yeah. what, um, so she's like a what do you call it? A scholar in Catholicism. That's her thing. That's why. Yeah, I'm, she's a scholar in religious studies. Yeah, she does a whole lot of religious studies. Which I think is awesome. Yeah. So uh, look, you know, in the beginning of the book it kind of talks a little bit about the, uh, uh, her Tyler and a guy by the name of James. Um, they go out into uh, the desert in New Mexico, uh, and apparently it's quite close to Roswell. Um, but they get blindfolded for a period of time so that they can't exactly see where they're going. They land up at the spot and, they, and they're looking for some sort of artifacts, which they do find. The story then kind of uh, evolves into them going to the airport and then trying to get through security. And they, they, they're cocking themselves because the security are checking their bags and the, and the beeping is going off and then they're getting questioned and you know, all sorts of stuff. So, look, I mean, obviously you have been through airports. I've been through airports. You know what it's like to get stopped by Oaks to have a look at your <laughs> to have a look at your baggage, and um, you do you get a bit nervous. You're like, "Hey, shit! What? What is there? Something maybe that I don't know?" But obviously, these guys were carrying stuff through that they did know that wasn't supposed to be going through, so they were. But, but that's nervous. what that's what happened because Tyler was when when they went to the airport. Tyler warned them. He said, "This metal that we've got on us is going to have a huge influence at the airport," and that's what happened. And yeah. it had a huge. Yeah. And also, by the way, that guy, the other guy, was named James. He's actually come out of city names being dropped. Is he? That's actually Gary Nolan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's right. come out in public saying, "Yeah, that was Gary Nolan," but Tyler hasn't dropped his city name. But uh, yeah, oh, so that right. was interesting at the airport that uh, it actually um, it, it had a quite an effect at the airport. That whatever. yeah, it caused caused quite a quite a thing. Like a, a massive beeping and actually, like, what the? So they tried, they ran him through a couple of times and they're checking his bags and he's like sweating his ass off. Uh, <laughs> The, the other two managed. She and uh, I think Tyler managed to get through. Okay, James was uh, <laughs> the guy that was like the scapegoat. Uh, <laughs> he manages to get through, but uh, he. I think it was. I think it was James. Was he that? Uh, yeah, I think it was James. But um, 
Look, the story I kind of evolved from there to go to Edgar Mitchell. Uh, and I don't know if you know Edgar Mitchell. He's the uh, ex-Apollo 14 astronaut. He was one of the guys that landed on the moon. And he made the, he actually started the, the, this, um, the organization called Free. Yes, for, for expanding consciousness because of his, his, his most amazing uh, uh, experience that he had in space. Actually, in a new yeah, so she yeah. actually goes on a lot about that in her new book as well. But anyway, sorry, Karen. Right, so he he obviously has a, an epiphany on his way back to Earth, where he sees Earth and the Moon and the Sun kind of you know as the as the craft is twisting, um, and he comes to epiphany to realize that us as human beings are part of the cosmos. We are the cosmos. We are just a obviously a little part of it, but we are everything that's in us is in the cosmos. And he came to this kind of realization. I think when he got back, he decided to. Um, that's when you open up this uh, organization for free. And that is the research on um, encounters. So it's, whether it be UFO encounters or religious encounters uh, and consciousness. Now, consciousness is a huge thing because this year we've, there's something that's, that's in this study that may be a problem for the human being and kind of where we have come from. That makes any sense. I'll, I'll explain that now. I'll explain that as we get into that. There were some people when I was kind of reading this book, you know, I was having a lot of, uh, I do a bit of research on the internet as well, and a lot of conspiracy theorists with the regards to the moon landings. And uh, the people were saying, like, uh, nah, they were fake and no such thing, and this, that, next thing, and they were formed in Nevada, the desert, and they found a plastic Coke bottle on the floor. and <laughs> there was a whole lot of uh, conspiracy theories that came out at the time. What is your what is your what is your thoughts on the the landing? Now, look, I, I honestly, I do think they landed on the moon. I think because it happened nine times. I think it, I think the last landing was in 1972. I can recall. So it's, it didn't happen once. It, it happened on quite a few occasions. Why they didn't go back? There's reasons. So uh, the, one of the reasons is uh, Nixon at the time. Had an issue with the, the money that was being spent on the on the space exploration. Uh, they'd also won the race. Uh, um, if you recall, it was the whole race between the Russians to get to the moon first. There is how there's there's an however on my side. So although I do think they landed on the earth um, on the moon, I do think some of the photography may have been fake. Some of the photos, some of the things that may have been filmed elsewhere. Apparently, I don't know, some of the conspiracy theorists say that Stanley Kubrick was involved somehow with all the, the footage that, were, that was out there and formed and all sorts of stuff. And obviously, you know, he did the 2001 Space Odyssey. So I don't know. Uh, but it is possible that, I, look, I do 100% think they landed. Perhaps the footage from the actual camera on the moon wasn't great. So they were using, they, they might have been using other footage. There might have been something on the moon that they were not supposed to see, which was cut out. Which I've heard from, I've heard stories from um, other astronauts that have said, "Shit, there's shit on the moon there that you, uh, that we're not supposed to be there." They they apparently got warnings and told them we're not supposed to come. Yeah, and there's that famous story of Neil Armstrong at that uh, dinner party when he was speaking to that one lady, and he said, "Yo, they were, they, there was a craft on the one crater. It was watching us, and it was menacing." Yeah, there's a whole. <laughs> you know, but and then also, did you see that that uh, Russian um, astronaut that just came out recently? I don't know if it was like six months ago or a year or six months. He he came out, Dmitry Rogozin, and he was the former head of Russian space agency uh, Roscosmos. 
Um, and he 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 actually came out lately and said, no, he thinks it was a hoax because when people are in space, like even for a few days, they come back and they have to get rehabilitated because they can't even walk or they can't, you know, like when you're on a ship, you know, you, know, you go on a boat for a, a day, you get off the boat and you're like, you're like on the ground, you're like, oh my God, I can't even walk. Now imagine if you're in space, yeah. you're not even, you've got no gravity. You come back and you, how would you even stand? So he says that, when he saw those the the Americans coming back and climbing out of that module that dropped into the ocean, he says they came out looking as fresh as cucumbers. And that was his words. They came out of that, <laughs> like, they just stood up and they like like as if they'd never even left Earth because they could walk and be normal. So he he was he was very suspicious. And he started digging into it and he got a lot of lashback. But that came out about you know, quite a year, I don't know, a few months ago. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, look, uh, honestly, I know that people had issues with the Van Allen belt, so we can't get through that, but they've kind of worked all that out. They said that uh, the radiation from the Van Allen belt is equivalent to one year's worth of radiation working in a nuclear in a nuclear facility, so it's not that bad. Uh, okay, because that's possible to walk through. Yeah, so that, look, I do. I believe that it came through. The possible thing that they used some fake imagery, yeah, possible. The reasons why... They stopped going back. I, I know when they started doing the Space Shuttle Columbia uh, project, because remember they had the choice. Now Nixon said to them, "No, no, we're not going to the moon anymore. The space shuttle, the space shuttle uh, project. Let's do that. It's a lot less money. You can go and do your experiments still in orbit. Because remember, even in the space shuttle, you still got to get past the Van Allen belt. There's three different belts uh, that you got to get through. The first one takes you, I think, about 15, 20 minutes because you go you go at a certain angle. The, the Earth has certain they can't just launch straight up. You've actually got to go into an arc and you've got to go through a certain section of the Van Allen belt to get through. You can't yeah. just go in, otherwise you burn up. You go through and then there's three. And the other ones take about an hour and a half to get through. So it's not just a quick H up into the space you go, you'll burn, you'll burn your ass right off. But anyway, talking about that, we go back to the book. All right. So now this research that is busy doing. Or that they're busy doing, Diana, not he, she is busy doing. Um, and well, obviously, the book that she's writing, she's chatting to Edgar Mitchell. He's talking about consciousness issue around uh, events that are happening around UFO sightings and or religious sightings because they, they kind of lump him, they lump them in the same category because the people that are seeing religious uh, sightings, like the Fatima story back in the early 1900s to UFO sightings, they're very similar. What people are seeing, what people are, are, you know, so whether an alien decides to come to you as and say, it's it's a woman and say, I am Mary. No one knows what Mary looks like. They can say, I'm Mary. And then they give them certain prophecies and certain things and people believe. And, you know, it's just, and I think it's a it's a religious experience. Meantime, it's not. It's actually an extraterrestrial experience. You know, with with regards to, the UFO sightings, uh, which people are seeing quite constantly nowadays, to the religious sightings, which people were seeing, it's it's in the same category. The you know the, the stories are the same. These entities are appearing. They're giving information. Uh, whether they come through as a, as a, a religious figure or not doesn't actually make a difference. It's it's the same. It's the same thing. And obviously, the Catholic Church, depending on on their on the research and on the investigations they do, they then approve it and say yes, okay, this is definitely some. This is a religious sighting or not. So, in a way, the the Catholics actually confirm that if if you had to look at in the in the UFO 
ours, they're confirming that these things actually exist, okay. especially if they if they confirm that they the 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 religious things like the Fatima thing. If it's a UFO thing, they've said, "Yeah, cool." Uh, Mother uh, Mary appeared to the three kids. She had a thing. Yeah, no, this is this is part of uh, this is part of our our thing now, dogma. That they they've now confirmed that this whole alien thing is actually it's true. Okay, so now remember that. Okay, because this is part of the consciousness thing. Now we go into something. Do, do you know what a Harvard documentary is? Harvard documentary or Harvard? Yeah, Harvard documentary. So basically, what it is is it's a documentary where they've got fact and fiction. So they will show you something that's actually really happened, but then they fictionalize it. So they'll give you a whole lot of information, and they'll say this is based on true story, but the true story is actually only ten percent of the actual movie or the documentary. Like the rest of it is just fabricated. It's like a propaganda film kind of thing. Yeah, hundred percent. And and they they have been doing this for a long time. And I'll give you an example. So do you remember that medieval horror? Yes, yes, yes. The medieval horror. Yeah. Famous horror story, yeah. Yeah, so the guy killed his family. That's a clear ca case of murder. Done. Prison. There you go. But uh, the whole story now with, hey, now the devil made me do it, and I heard his voices and all sorts of stuff. Then they made the movie where actually 90% of that movie probably didn't happen. You know, where the, the walls were running with blood and the dogs were like barking at these entities and they were hearing these voices. So, all of that cuck actually didn't really happen. The part in the beginning where he shot the family did happen. So that, yes, that five minutes of the first five minutes of the movie were true. The rest of the movie was crap. <laughs> well, not crap, but, but fake, fake news, which is what they really like to call it nowadays. And we have a lot of that. Now, let's go to Betty and Barney Hill. Okay, 1961, they have this uh, UFO experience. The idea was the, the first thing that happened was they were driving along. They were on their way home. They saw this light outside their car. Barney got out of his vehicle. He had a gun with him. He aimed it at this light. Uh, it disappeared. And then he went, they managed to get home. That was the, that was the end of the story. Okay, He was suffering from headaches a couple of days there, thereafter. His wife phoned the Air Force to see if there was any aircraft in the time. There were none. Somebody said to him, listen, go and get hypnotized to go and see actually what happened, which is what he did. And then he came up with the story that, oh, no, he saw these, these entities that had these big eyes that were wrapped around their heads, and they were from the star system, Zeta Reticuli. And, you know, the whole story only came out after he had been hypnotized. But the problem is a year before this whole story, there was actually a movie that came out. I think it was called Ship of Monsters. <laughs> it was in 1960. That alien with the big eyes was there on that ship of monsters. <laughs> yeah. So he, he had obviously seen it, and somehow it was in his memory, and it probably came to the forefront when he was being hypnotized. Now, this is a problem because the media pushed things on us to say true, like the, the Passion of the Christ, where most of the story was actually fake. Some of it was true, some of it was fake. But people, because it's now in our consciousness, it's now in our memory, we assume when somebody tells us about it, we think that's the truth. And we actually recall that as, as a truth. So, and the media push it, eh? They advertise it as true stories. They advertise it as, you know what I mean? And it gets pushed and pushed and pushed. And this is an agenda. This whole alien thing as well is an agenda. Something's pushing it, like we were discussing a little bit earlier. 
something is pushing this agenda and it's making us think that these things are real. Whether or not they are, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a, you know, a lot of the stuff we can actually go back and say, listen, this guy was imagining these things. He'd seen them a year earlier. Something happened, yes. But did, did his memory of something that didn't really happen come to the forefront that made it seem like it was a reality? It's possible. Because you must remember, we can create as a human being, we can create amazing things in our minds. And it can be so believable that to you, that could be the truth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so we, we, we've got to be careful with these things. So this, the, the part of this book where they're chatting about the consciousness with Diana and Edgar and those, uh, with the whole organization of free, this is what they're trying to understand. Is it, is it that we've come through a history that's not quite recent history, but maybe older history that we have misunderstood and we don't really understand? We, we've kind of made it up because somebody has told us or as kids, we saw this, and then as we've grown up, it's in our psyche, it's in our consciousness, and we've now thought, hmm, this is actually part of reality. Yeah, it sure. becomes a real thing. There's also, like, sometimes when you see something, your mind actually doesn't understand it, so it's, it's reaching for everything that you have actually learned or seen before, whatever, to try and reconstruct to make uh, you understand what you actually seen. So actually, yeah. those things like of a gray visits you in the night, a gray alien, Maybe it looks completely different, but because we've been actually like been so like forced into our head that this is what it's meant to look like in our pop culture, that that's your mind grabs something and then it immediately that's what it, it makes it out to be. And even if they've got like some kind of way to manipulate how you see things or whatever, it just it just it maybe emphasizes that and that's how you, you see it now, you know. And it's yeah, hundred percent different, but that's how you yeah. so, it so, so now you remember now. You've got consciousness that's being pushed on us uh, as an agenda. Okay. Now, for some reason, we're still having to figure out. Now we get to something else, which they mentioned in the book, which for me is probably the most fascinating topic. I've always loved this topic, and I think there's something really uh, special about this is the frequencies. And I know we've, you know, we've discussed it over a few of our podcasts with regarding to uh, remember that Archon story where the human body had to, or the human had to get to a certain uh, level of frequency uh, or understanding, if you want to put it in that way, the frequency thing is for me is, is huge. Now in order, so you know, something called the, the, the pineal gland that sits in our corp in the middle of our head. Yeah. Okay. This thing here is supposed to activate higher consciousness the pineal gland. Okay. If you look at all the, the studies around it, if you look at all the meditations, people kind of say you need to meditate on it and you need to bring out your, this is where your third eye apparently uh, sits in the pineal gland. Now, and just for those listeners that want to know, if you want to know what the, the frequency of the pineal gland activation is, it's 963 Hertz. Anyway, back to the normal story. Everything that is of low frequency destroys the DNA that is in the body. Okay, so we got to get to the DNA now. The pineal gland has been calcified in most human bodies, and that's due to fluoride in the toothpastes that we um, that we have and the fluoride that we that drink our water. Yeah, our water contains massive fluoride. And the stories are that they bring the fluoride through is the reasons for teeth getting rotten and all sorts of stuff. But if you look at what's in our water now, dude, I actually go and buy water from... Checkers, the osmosis water. 
I don't drink any I've of the water. I've got an osmosis system in my house here, but the thing is, it pulls out all the minerals as well. So that's why I get the mountain. Yeah, so you've got to replenish the, the magnesium and the, and the and those kind of things. But, but that's, I always thought that. that was weird that they put the fluoride in the water because, like, why would the government care so much about your bones and your teeth? I mean, if they care so much about us, why don't they put vitamin C in the water? Or, like, yeah, exactly. Vitamins. I mean, what what's up with the teeth and the bones? Like, all the things they could put in the water to help you. Why? Why teeth and bones? Like, it's like yeah, exactly. skin, our fucking eyes, man. What the fuck? Teeth and the bones? There's, there, like I said, there's an agenda, dude. There's another. So this piece is another agenda. It's another part of the agenda. There's something going on. It's something trying to keep us down. Something trying to keep us away from what our natural aspect is. So anything under 300 hertz is is not great, especially if it's at a constant, is not good for the human body especially if it's a constant droning. Now, our stuff, we are surrounded by things that are under, uh, even under 100 hertz. I mean, you're looking at our cables that are running our, our electricity on the, on, the, on the roads. You're looking at car background noise, you know, the, the, the airplane background noise, artillery noise, the booms from, the, from mining. We're constantly surrounded by low droning noise. And low droning noise deteriorates DNA over a period of time. So A, pineal gland has been calcified, so it prevents us from actually reaching the higher consciousness. B, our DNA is constantly getting bombarded with uh, low frequency. And microwaves, which is from your cell phones and from the cell phone towers and all sorts of stuff. So they're changing the DNA that's within the body. They're changing us to something else. So there is another agenda. that seems to be we are surrounded daily by agendas that uh, tend to come our way. And we it's very difficult for us to understand it and to awaken to the fact that this is actually happening. A lot of people will think, ah, nah, man, you're talking shit. This is not happening. But I promise you, if you once you start awakening to these uh, possibilities and these facts, you'll see it. You'll see it for yourself. You, you know, but you know, Lee, sorry to cut you there, man, but it's so funny. I was speaking no. to this other lady the other day and talking about frequencies. She was, she's like quite a new age um, uh, person, but uh, she was telling me that linen, you know, linen, if you wear yeah. linen, your linen, your body freak vibrates at like, I don't know, 5,000 times more than it should. But if you wear cotton, it, it only vibrates like a little bit over your normal rate. And if you do, if you wear anything synthetic, whatever, it brings your whole vibration of your body down. And that's why they had linen sheets inside hospitals. Because like it would bring your vibration of your body up extremely high, and it would help you heal. And that's why monks and everything only wore linen, and like yogis and Buddhist people would only wear linen because they would uh, would raise your frequency of your body. I just thought that was quite interesting. Maybe oh wow! Should, actually, I, mean, I did not know that at all. That's actually yeah, you should just go on a, a, a linen excursion and just wear linen for like <laughs> just cotton, re- cotton re- or linen. Report, report back <laughs> what we find. <laughs> well, you can do it. Seems like you're not experimenting with yourself, so you can do the, the whole cotton thing. <laughs> and then the last thing I wanted to talk about in this book, which was very, very interesting, was um, something what she what she likes to call the book angel. All right, we've all had it. I've had it so often, dude. It's actually frightening. Uh, I'll tell you now what it is. It's actually synchronicity. Okay, we've all all had it. So I'll give you I'll give you a very stupid example. Many years back, I'm talking probably about 15, 16 years ago, I was going through a pretty bad patch in my life. Wasn't working, you know, no one was hiring at the time, especially you know, here in South Africa. 
uh, going through the, the time that we were, you know, I was, I had dark thoughts, dark, I was in a dark place. So. And somebody said to me, listen, man, read this book. And I'm thinking, why the fuck would I be reading a book? I didn't feel like reading a book. They said, listen, just read this book. It was called The Artist's Way, the book. Dude, I can't explain how that book changed my life. I promise you, when I started reading this book, and it's all about, you know, it's, it's quite a long process. It's it's not a story, but it, it's actually a way of life, which look, after probably about a year after reading that, I did stop doing the stuff that it did, it did tell you to do. But after that, things just changed. Things in your life, in my life just changed. Uh, uh, things opened up. And this, this happens to so, so many people where it's almost like the universe, the cosmos is trying to give you a message. It's trying to talk to you in a way. And some people might hear it in, like for me, books, books is, a, is an important thing because I mean, uh, I will, somebody says, hey, read this book. And you're thinking, hey, I've been studying about the subject. And you know, some Arb Oak just came and said to me, listen, uh, read this thing. And he had no clue what I was doing. And so it's almost like the the cosmos is giving you a message to follow that path. The DNA thing that I was chatting to a little bit earlier, I'd gone onto the internet, uh, not, yeah, to YouTube last night. And um, after I, just before I started, no, it wasn't last night, it was the night before. Just before I started uh, reading the, or listening to the audiobook from um, from Diana. And right next to it was a thumbnail for a 20, 23 or 25-minute episode on DNA frequencies. Now, that for me is, it's like... It, I started watching a little bit. I thought, okay, cool. I'll watch this a little bit later. Let me get through this uh, this book first. And I think the second thing in on the book was about DNA frequencies. So obviously the cosmos is trying to, or something is trying to direct you on a path to that, you know, you've got to make the decision whether that's the right path or not. You can decide to go with it. You can decide not to go with it. But, you know, if you go with it, where does it lead you? But now you've got to be careful here. Okay, because you've got you've got synchronicities that are, Almost in a natural, in a natural way, and then you've got AR synchronicities. AR synchronicities are things that happen on your computer or your phone, where it's actually not a synchronicity. It's actually the media that is forcing you on a certain road. So, as an example, you might be, and we all know that uh, you know when you're on your phone, there seems to be, and you're typing things in, it picks up your algorithm and it knows what you're kind of looking for. And then all of all of a sudden, these funny ads click up on your on your phone or on your computer about things that you you know you might have been searching, but you're thinking, where? How the hell did it know that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't tell anybody, but all of a sudden, it knows that uh, you know I'm into. I don't know, Catholicism, or I was researching alien alienations or something, whatever, uh, these things pop up. So you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful what synchronicities you listen to. And you know, that could read you down, that could lead you down the path that you were supposed to be taking down a completely different path. So you've got to be careful what synchronicities actually pop into your life. So that's what I'm saying. If it's stuff like natural, you've been researching something, a friend of yours comes and says, Hey man. I've got this video. What's this movie? It's very good. And then you watch it and it's it's actually the same stuff you've been researching. Those kind of synchronicities for me are of a higher dimension. Something is pointing you in a direction to follow. Follow that path. And the decision is yours still, obviously, but follow that path. If it's almost artificial, do not follow that path. <laughs> it makes any sense. 
So I look, it may be hard to distinguish, especially for people that are constantly on their phones and on their laptops and especially the young kids of today. Um, you know, all they know literally is AR. And when AR becomes a norm for them, this may be this may be a synchronicity. They think, oh yeah, no, I need to follow that because you know, I've been hearing it on my cell phone and you know, I've been getting messages to do this. And it's a synchronicity. And wow, let me follow this path. Just be careful. I think you've got to be careful with that kind of thing. But you know, look at the end of the day. That was the the book in in very short summary. Um, if I had to say it in that in that way, the book kind of ends with, uh, like I said, I think it was one of the guys converting to Catholicism. So, you know, because he wants to help people, because they spent some time in Rome, and you know, one of the priests there was in a hospital and he was helping dying people, and this guy just had an epiphany and, and something came to him and said, "No, this is his route that he has to take." So that's cool. That that was his synchronicity, and that's the path that he followed. Whether it was maybe a bit of Catholic uh, Catholic propaganda, I don't know. But, you know, in general, the book was pretty good. Well, like I said, I started with it in the beginning. I thought, yeah, going to be a slog, but it turned out to be something actually pretty cool. So it's definitely worth a, worth a read, American Cosmic by Diana Basulka. Okay, so we've got to cut it there. So, yeah, thank you. That was uh, part one um, of our episode six of our books that we've been chatting about with Diana Basulka. And then, yeah, next week we will... Continue with our discussion on her next book, Encounters. Yeah, see you then. 